Hi, my name is Kay Sutha. I am a business strategist and I will be your host. In this podcast, I'll be getting raw, real and relentless whilst interviewing successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who specialize in different aspects of business. We'll cover the five main pillars of business, which are sales, marketing, finance, operations and leadership, but not forgetting mindset, live and digital events, plus much, much more. You will gain insights, tips and tricks and discover jaw-dropping actionable steps that you will be able to put in place for your business right away. Oh my goodness, guys, I have an incredible speaker for you today. He is a recovering workaholic who found a new light on life post recovering from a stroke in 2018. He is the host of Boston Cage podcast, CEO of Cerebral 360, which is a marketing and design agency, and a brand and growth strategist consultant at sagrant.com. He has published, guys, eight. Let me emphasize on eight number one best-selling books. SA is a speaker at PodFest Global, PodFest Masterclass, VidFest, and Success Champion Summit. He has 21 years of helping aspiring business owners create strategies and tactics that consistently generate more revenue, build online business presence with creative brands and growth strategies. Today, he is here today to speak to us about how to effectively utilize growth strategies and systemize practical product launches without having a stroke in the process. Please welcome S.A. Grant, the CEO and founder of Cerebral Media Inc. and the host of Boss Uncaged podcast. Welcome to the show, S.A. Definitely. Thank, thank you for having you. I mean, you made it. You made me sound really sexy. I just wanted to appreciate that. Right. So it was like I had a lot of curves in what you said. So you know, thanks again. It wouldn't be any other way, S.A. Right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So thank you for being on this show. Um, We have spoken a couple of times now prior to this show. um, And I knew that I had to have you on here because product launches is something that I think a lot of people don't know how to do. They try and figure it out. Not all of them are as successful as they want to be. Right. Uh And you are the guy to kind of explain to them what needs to happen you know why people are failing and i knew i had to have you on this episode so thank you for joining us definitely i appreciate you having me on the show and and to your point i mean we definitely have history you were a guest on my show and and just hearing your story i think there was definitely some synergy so it only makes sense that i'm on your show and i'm getting ready to drop some hot fire so oh awesome i look forward to it and i'm sure our audience do too so I already know quite a bit about you and your background but for our audience i'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you were doing before you even stepped into building your own business. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, man, I, I grew up in Brooklyn in, in, the, in the 90s with a, with a marker in my hand and spray paint. I was a graffiti artist, well, up and coming graffiti artist. My pa- I would say I got kidnapped by my parents. They dragged me to Atlanta, Georgia. They were trying to figure <laughs> out what the hell to do with this kid. They was like, hey, throw him in art school. They threw me in art school and I got a couple of degrees. I got my graphic design degree. I got the web design degree. And then I realized that I'm both analytical and creative. So I was highly on the creative side but I was really missing the analytic side. So I went on a journey to search for that analytic side. Uh, and that's pretty much how I led up to having a stroke, right? I became an insurance agent. I got my series six, became a travel agent. You know, I was a full-time dad at the same time, a single full-time dad. So it just 
things compounded, but I was up for the challenge. And after pro stroke, I jumped back on the bandwagon. Was like, how do I rebrand myself? What am I going to do now? What's going to be my new legacy? And here we are today. Wow. Um, maybe I should have asked you, what haven't you done? <laughs> right? <laughs> Rather than, you know, what, what, all the things that you have done. And I like the fact that, you know, you, you're kind of speaking about you had all these other things going on in life, but you had to just work it out. You had to figure out how are you going to manage to do all of this, you know, be a single dad and build a business. Um, I mean, being a dad alone is a full time job. Right. And building a business alongside of it, a successful one at that. Oh, my God. OK, we need to find out a little bit more about how that worked. How did you you know, balance career, business and life and being a dad? Well, I mean, it was definitely some strategy at hand. Like I was running my full-time business, but then I was working with different companies. So kind of I switched from my corporate environment into a full-time environment. So once I got primary full custody of my son, the company I was working for, I devised a plan to kind of how do I step out from this company but make them my first client. So that's what I did. I, I resigned and made that my first client. And it was another client in another state that I was working freelancing. And I was like, hey, guys, you have an opportunity to pick me up as a full-time employee or a full-time freelancer or a B2B partner. So that's what they did. So my first two clients were essentially two full-time clients that I, I had two full-time payments coming from. Oh, amazing. Okay, awesome. Now, that makes complete sense, actually. And do you think that is the way to go for all businesses that start up that, you know, this is how they should go about it to make sure they're building their business, but also having an income coming in as well? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you could, if you're a, a pinnacle person, or I would say a keystone person in, in a corporate environment, right? So like, if that company would not be able to function without you for a period of time, you want to get them sticky, you want them to be hooked on you, like make yourself crack for that company, and then devise a plan to step down. And when you step down, just ask, just simply go in the office and be like, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to resign, I'm about to do something else full time, I'm about to start my own business. But I would love for you guys to be my first client, I would love to be a counsel for this company and just stage it that way nine out of ten times they're going to at least hire you for the first six months to do the transition oh wow and i like how you use that you use your full-time job to and kind of transition them to be your first client right so you didn't just kind of be like oh god you know i hate this nine to five job screw you guys i'm out you were like okay how am i gonna be able to make the money from my full-time job, make them my client because they already know you. You already built a relationship there, right? Um, yeah, I love that concept that you just explained there. Um, and I think everyone should really take that on board and think about different ways and how they can make their bosses their clients. That's amazing. Now, I heard essay, a little bro told me that you have the ability to simplify complex ideas tell us a little bit about that it's one of those things that i didn't realize it was one of my you know it's kind of trying to figure out who you are and like what are you really good at so obviously i'm great at design i'm great at theory great at concepts but being that i had so many different disciplines like coming from insurance going from graphic design going to web going to video transitioning between those environments i had to like comprehended enough to translate information to someone that doesn't know anything about it. So I, I just kind of grew into it to where I can make things very simplistic. Almost uh, somebody referred to me as like making a big bird, making a big bird simple. <laughs> All right. Now you mentioned that you had so many different skills. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people that, you know, try to jump into one thing after another. I know mm -hmm. I've done that, but how did you decide which specific thing you were going to go down and which was best for you? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the, the wake up moment for me was like, I was human. I had a stroke and I was on my deathbed and I was like, okay, like what is the legacy I'm going to leave behind? Like I had all these different mm-hmm. principles. I had multiple different businesses running, but I was thinking a little bit too big for my bridges. I wanted to make this big monster of a company and pull all these systems together in the end all be all, but in that journey I almost died. So I was like, okay, how do I take a section of that and recreate it and then make me what I like to look at brand strategy wise, right? That's right. a person being a brand. I, I look at myself as a Steve Jobs for my company. My company is Cerebral. And then my boss and Cage is my iPhone or my iTunes. So mm-hmm. once I figured that pattern out, it made it very translucent for me to understand like what my processes and systems are going to be for my business. And it's not going to be as wide as it was, but more streamlined. Okay. I like that. And I, I enjoy the comparison that you made there as well. That makes so much sense. And it is very simple to understand essay. You're doing exactly um, what you teach people right here on this episode. I love that. And what qualifies you as an expert in this field? I've been doing this since 2000. So, I mean, I literally, I've been up and down to your point in multiple different disciplines, but I first started my journey of my career while I was in college. And in 2000 is when I started my first company, which I still own till to this day. So for the past 20 something years, I've been dibbling and dabbling and in, in testing the waters so now like when I rebranded myself as SA and I started writing books and and created the Boston Cage brand everything compounded a lot faster a lot easier because I've seen it and I've done it so many damn times everyone else it made it 10 times easier for me to do it for myself oh amazing and the fact that life experience is what qualifies you you know you've done it and is you don't necessarily need a piece of paper a certificate to say that you can do it the fact that you've done it and you know, you've been doing this for over 20 years and I know yeah. the market changes and you've been able to keep up with it, evolve, right? And make your businesses a success of what they are today because you've done yeah. that. I know a lot of people, they get comfortable and we've seen that during the pandemic, right? They've got comfortable in their business. They've not been able to switch or evolve or change or anything like that. And therefore, you know, unfortunately, they've lost their businesses. So tell me a little bit about that. How were you able to, you know, transition and keep going with adapting to the world that it is today? So it's twofold. I mean, one of it is, is like a conflict, but being able to control that conflict of interest. And what I mean by that is kind of like, you know, not imposter syndrome, but more so like you see the new thing, right? The shiny object syndrome is more like it. So I would take the shiny object syndrome and put it at scale, like, so I'm thinking about what, how do I market? So marketing may be my new shiny object, right? Mm-hmm. But what in marketing am I going to do next? So then, okay, podcasting. So then I'm looking at these segmentations and I'm like, okay, what do I know about podcasting? Well, I used to work in video and I understand video and I understand that audio is very similar to video. Only difference is, is that it's without the camera. So I try to find the commonalities of what I've done before and what I'm going to do to make sure that there's synergy there. And that's how I select what I'm going to do next versus just, oh my God, I heard people are making money in the industry. I'm just going to jump in cold turkey. Right. Uh, You know what? And something else that you like that everything that you're saying, I'm loving right now. Right. Because you have so many different skills. But what I'm hearing from you is that you've developed those skills, but you've not let them go. A lot of people forget about the skills that they've learned. You've tried to implement it and build it into the, the business that you have today. Right. And so the skills that you learn are always valuable, but it's understanding and seeing where you can actually implement them in your business right 
And this is what you do. You actually help people um, simplify their complex ideas um, and having those kind of, you know, the skills that they built up. I'm assuming with your clients, you allow them to kind of evolve through those skills as well, not tell them that they need to build on another skill set altogether. I mean, yeah, so I mean, part of, part of the point, like, once you kind of boil it down, I'm, I'm an educator, and I'm a good educator. Yeah. So that's essentially what I do with my clients. I'm more so on the education spectrum to say, okay, this is where your business is at. This is where you want to go. I'm going to give you the breadcrumbs so at least you could comprehend, like, when we have a conversation, it's not dares in the headlight. At least yeah. you understand what I'm talking about, and then you can make a conscious decision. If you want us to maintain it, great. If you don't and you want to do it, at least you have enough baseline knowledge to understand and comprehend what goes into that project right awesome so i would love to pick your brain a little bit more about product launches um this is where your skill set is this is where you help people now a lot of people you know they launch their products but they're not so successful right or they're not as successful as they would want it to be or sometimes it's a complete flop let's be honest right it happens so can you tell me some of the common things that people do in today that doesn't actually work when it comes to launching your product? Well, I think first and foremost, like even before I get into like the steps and procedures okay. is that every single launch is part of that launch cycle. So if you have a failed launch and when we go into like the steps, like that's part of it. Obviously not every launch is going to be successful, but once you get to step five and you want to relaunch, well, then you'll have a learning curve. That's a lot faster. You can take the same product and relaunch it. You could reskin a book, right? You could do a book 10 years ago, change the title of the book, change a little bit of the content, update the book and relaunch it as a new book. And obviously the first launch sucked. So nobody's even known the book existed, right? <laughs> Right. I like so that. Yeah. You can repurpose th- th- that, that book. Same thing with like, like you're talking about software. You start a product, you see what happens, you, you figure out what's working, what's not working. If that company doesn't work, well, then you take what you learn from that company, you optimize it and you relaunch it again as something else. It, it's just all ecosystems and cycles. Okay. So can you just kind of just go over um, very briefly, what is involved in a product launch? So I would say product launches are essentially five phases, right? So it's a pre-launch, a soft launch, the actual launch day, post-launch, and an, an advantage launch, right? Oh, so, so to break down those five, in a pre-launch, it's essentially like doing the research, is looking at the analytical data, doing like Google Trends, looking at geek mm. keywords, and figuring out if, the, if that niche needs fulfilling or if it's a requirement for you to fill the need, right? That's the first thing that you want to do. Understanding like audience insight tool for Facebook and just figuring out that audience. Then the actual soft launch, well, the soft launch is more so like if I'm going to do a founder launch, right? Or if I'm going to do like an early bird special and figuring out, okay, I did a founder launch. I have founding members. Now you have people that you can work with. Mm. You're not even talking to the general public. You're talking to your hot market right now. So you're going to work the nuances and the wrinkles out of that product in that soft launch before you even get to the real launch, which moves you forward to a public launch. Right. Mm. And then in addition to that, there's also opportunities for you to do like, um, lifetime deals lifetime deals are golden nuggets for launches because again you get an influx of new people that kind of goes into your cold market that becomes kind of like your founding members to a certain extent because they're a lifetime deal they're not going to pay you anything else but you're going to have to maintain those customers for the life of that particular product right does that make sense yeah it does it makes complete sense i didn't realize that there were so many different stages to a launch 
right and I think a lot of people think that you just you do a launch and you know you release it on the day and then you just hope for the best <laughs> well that's why you have relaunches right right <laughs> awesome so would you be able to teach a principle to our audience right now that they can relate to and immediately apply to their business today yeah I would say with, with like the niching right niching mm. down and i always teach something that's called triangulation right and you're probably thinking like what the hell we're we gonna learn math but it's, it's a simple theory right in triangulation there's three sides of a triangle and you're trying to find a, a common coordinate with inside that triangle we'll take that principle and apply it to your skill set apply it to your hobbies apply it to your career choice so what does that look like right, right. Well, maybe an author an author is one side of the triangle right oh. in addition to being an author right well Maybe podcasting is another side of that, of that triangle. So now when I'm looking for this information, I'm looking for authors and podcasters or podcasters and authors. And then the last one could essentially be like, like a hobby, right? It could, be, it could be maybe rock climbing as an example. So now what I'm going to be doing is looking for these three sides. I'm looking for authors that enjoy podcasting and love rock climbing. So now I have my core audience. That's my core target. I can talk all three of those languages because I love to rock climb. I'm a podcaster and I'm an author. So when I create this content in any facet of it, I can switch between these three different demographics and, and target each one of them based upon these principles because I'm always going to be talking to them about things that they love and enjoy. Oh, wow. And do you know what, SA, you made that sound so simple, like insanely simple, because when people start talking about the niches and, you know, find, finding what who the avatar is, really getting detail, it really confuses people. It overwhelms people. They're not too sure. And you made it so simple with this triangle strategy that you have, right? Just three main points and just go with that. Uh, I love that. And people can definitely apply that today. They can do that. No problem. I'm sure of it. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about some of your recent success stories that you've had, um, you know, have these great successes with going through your program and finding out how to actually su um, successfully launch a product? No, I mean, I have variable different successes, right? Because again, I'm more so of an educator. So I look, I don't look at necessarily the big successes because the big successes come from the little ones. So like my little successes, just this week alone, right? I've done a, a five minute speech a couple of days ago in one of my networking groups and I was teaching them how to do a five minute presentation, right? And, and the five steps to logistically understand and comprehend what goes into that presentation. At the end of it, then everybody was like, okay, I made it transparent enough for them to comprehend. So now I have, three or four members of that networking group that are going to set up to do their five minute presentations to educate somebody on their service. Nice. Second to that, I then took that information and then regurgitated back into a Facebook group. It was like, okay, this is what it looks like to create a five minute presentation, but it's also cross marketing who I am in my services. Mm -hmm. Right? So again, I'm creating content, teaching people, People are then doing live feedback, live content, live information. And then I'm taking that as almost like a live testimonial of people learning from me live on that spot. And then I'm giving it to another community and say, okay, this is what it looks like when you're taking something that you do well and cross marketing it, putting it on Facebook, you know, selecting the right keywords and making it more so a question and you're becoming the answer. 
Right. Awesome. I love that. Um, and I like how, yeah, you do kind of, you, you cross paths with different things and you're able to have this one thing that you can do so many different things with it and promote it different ways. Um, do you have any success stories recently with anyone that's been struggling with their launch and you've gone in there and helped them and have a successful launch um, for whatever product they've had? Yeah. So I had like, he's actually like one of my freelancers slash friend that also is, is a big entrepreneur as well. And he was starting up a company that on one side is like media, but on the other side, he's dealing with technology in the space of um, what is it called? Solar panels. Awesome. So we had, so he was having an issue trying to figure out like how to convert. So I, we had like a 30 minute session. I was like, look, I, it's very simple. Only thing you have to do is talk to that customer about their problems. Don't sell them the product. And you're talking to business owners. So I told him, I was like, if I'm a business owner and I own something industrial, obviously utilities is, is an ongoing thing that I'll have to pay. And if your product is going to reduce my utilities, then that's the only thing that you need to sell them on. You need to talk to them about, okay, if you're spending $10,000 a year on utilities, what would it look like if you had an extra $5,000 to less on your utility bill? Would you not be able to use that for marketing service? So when I saw that light bulb went off in his head, he was just like, holy shit. That, like, I, I didn't look at it that way. And I was like, that's my whole point. You have to look at it from the user standpoint, not from your personal standpoint. Right. Oh, I like that. Oh, my God. And saving people so much money so they can spend it elsewhere in the marketing or even if they want to spend it on their families and go on holiday. Right. Who wouldn't yeah. want that extra cash um, at hand for sure? OK, amazing. I love that. Now, essay. People are probably wondering at this point, how the hell do I get hold of you, right? They need you for their business and the launches. So where can people go to receive some additional free support? So, I mean, obviously there's just multiple different ways of getting in contact with me, but uh, for your show, I would just say go to bossandcage.com slash uncensored. And uh, that's a landing page. It just has all my general contact information, some, some free tips of the, of the trade and just some insight on there so they can get in contact with me from that page. Again, that's bossandcage.com slash uncensored. Awesome. And guys, um, all the kind of links that SA has mentioned, as well as other ones that he's told me about before getting onto this episode, will be in the show notes. So if you've missed it or you didn't hear correctly, don't worry about it. It'll be in the show notes. Just go down below and check it out there. SA. It was such a pleasure to have you on this show. So many golden nuggets. So simple as well. You know, you can implement it today. Thank you for coming onto this show. It's been amazing. Great, great. I definitely appreciate you having me, Kay. Thank you for your time and listening to Uncensored Society podcast. All resources mentioned throughout the episode will be added to the show notes and you'll be able to find them at the bottom as you scroll down. Don't forget to go ahead and subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Thank you once again.